Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. For today's In Case You Missed It episode, we will revisit A Call for the Strength of Men with Jenny Cherry. Welcome, Jenny. I'm so excited to have you share a few of your inspirational stories with us. Let's start with the responses to your article, A Call for the Strength of Men. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. It is an honor to share the story of redemption for myself for my perspective on men, and then also for the next generation. So this story starts with uh, my daughter experiencing some deep wounds, um, uh, struggles with um, me being a single mom and having some roles that are not fulfilled that I can't fulfill for her. And we were both suffering a little bit with feeling powerless, uh, limited in our resources, and I was praying about it one day with a friend of mine, and he said, um, he said, I'm going to write her a letter. And I said, that would be great. And he was going to write a letter to her about who she was, what he saw in her, her potential, her gifts and talents, not mention mom or dad or anything in the immediate problem, because this was about her. And he and his wife got together, and they wrote this beautiful letter. And I thought, my goodness, you know, I need, I need a couple more men to write some letters for her. So I reached out to two or three other men. And the next thing I know, I was preparing for Valentine's Day. And I thought, I'm going to wrap these letters up from men who adore her, who see her full potential. They don't see any limitations about her. And I'm going to give them to her on Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day morning comes, and I present this child with 30 letters from men in her life that believed in her, and they were coaches, pastors, uncles, grandparents, uh, fathers of friends that she had seen in action. She saw their character played out. She respected them, and they loved her. Um, all kinds of officers, um, like teachers at school. It was amazing. Everyone I asked, no one said no. And these letters, every single one of them would make you cry. They're, they're, they're incredible. Um, when I was growing up, I had no good father figure. And from that, I started making choices based on what I believed I deserved or what I believed my identity um, was worth. And so, of course, I attracted people who, who met me there, right? That's what we do as women. If we don't know better, we attract what we think we deserve. Well, eventually, I came to clarity and the, you know, my, my God and my experience with God showed me what true love was. And I began to make different choices. But growing up, I always thought that I was a magnet for bad men. I actually said that to myself. 
And when I was watching my daughter unwrap these beautiful letters from men all around, they have their own children, but they were willing to invest in my kid. It was powerful. I looked at her and I said, baby, you're a magnet for good men. And she just looked at me and beamed. And I thought, and so am I, because they all said yes to me. You know, that that message had flipped and that switch had been turned around. And what a legacy, because I really have no real good reason to trust men, to believe that they're good for us or that they complete us or have a good role in my life and all of that. But boy, was I proved wrong. They stepped up. Well, the power of the letters themselves, just the physical document, even if it could have been, I don't know how many were or if any were, but even if it could have been email, you can print the email. That's what we did. But just the power to be able to go back and reread them Mm -hmm. and put them away and read them again later, that's something she's going to always have and could treasure. That power of the written word in an age where everything is on your screen and then gone again. We've got Snapchat. We've got you know, all of these quick, just, oh my gosh, it's ADD live. (laughs) And no one's really holding on to anything anymore. So in each letter, it wouldn't matter whatever problem she was having at this stage in her life, the truth of what people saw in her and believed in her still stood. And yes, we have a book. We put it in one of these sort of photo books with all the letters in it. And she can never forget. She can never forget what people have seen in her. Absolutely. It's just... I'm getting all toasty yeah. about it, just thinking about it, that somebody took the time. Oh, my goodness. You know, and it's that humbling. had to be very special for her. Like, wow, somebody really took the time out, not only to think about me, because it takes a lot to put the words together and to be mindful of what you're saying and what you're saying to a child. Mm-hmm. And then she has to say, well, this validates my mom. My mom is really special. (laughs) She has special people in her life. Thank you. All right. Well, tell me more about that. How did she adjust outside of home after all Mm -hmm. of that? Well, I can tell you from the moment she opened them, she would hold them to her heart. Oh, I mean, it affected her deeply. Um, She has a a little half-brother, you know, from her father's relationship. And so she pours into that little boy at the same words that I have given her over the years. So she's telling him, you can be anything you want to be. You don't have to be a product of your circumstances. You don't have to be a product of your parents. I tell her, you didn't choose your parents, but you get to choose every relationship after that. Choose wisely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that also goes to show that what we do in front of around them, they will pick up. So we can never be too sure what Yes, (laughs) ma'am. But those were good lessons you were giving her. Jenny, you're not yet 50. Correct. So you're one of our youngest guests, (laughs) which is wonderful. When you were a child, what did you imagine you would be doing at age? Hmm. That is a wonderful question. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a journalist, and I went to college, and that was my first major. They gave you a quiz, and it said, are you willing to do this or that? And it went down this list, and if you said yes, you were were ripe for that job. If not, it was probably time to move on. 
So one of the questions was, are you willing to lie about your source and, and protect the source above your own character? And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I thought, I'm not going to live like that. So I couldn't do it. And I changed majors, <laughs> chose English, English okay. literature. Okay. Well, have you changed? Did you change majors more than once? I did. I think everyone has five or six majors yes. before you finally settle in. Yes. I started with film. Oh. I started with film because this was back in the age of MTV. Remember music television? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. I miss <laughs> it. And I was going to be a, a video producer for music television. And then I was going to be a journalist, and it sort of evolved from there. And then we started into English literature. So one of the things I discovered in college was that I had learning disabilities that I did not know I had. So by the time I was in college, I had never read a book from cover to cover. I was a good writer, but I couldn't read. And so I got tested for learning disabilities, and I had several. From that moment on, I went back through college experience as a disabled student. So I had my books read to me. And I would make A's instantly. So I was having a high failure rate. All of a sudden, I'm making A's. I couldn't believe it. My life was beginning to change. I really thought college was not for me. I was going to quit and drop out. And so from that, it turned into working with disabled students at Florida State. And we started a club. We spoke all over the country to speakers, uh, to professional teachers' conferences and universities on um, ADA and just self-advocating. And it was amazing. We started Speakers Bureau here in Tallahassee. We went to middle schools and encouraged kids to go to college who were doubting their potential. And we would line up in front of these little classrooms of special ed classes. And there I'd be looking normal, quote unquote, right? Nobody could tell what my disability was. It was invisible. And then next to me would be a wheelchair and a blind student and a paraplegic. And on it went down the line. And the paraplegic had the highest degree out of all of us. She had a PhD. And it just blew everyone's mind. And they saw hope and they saw a future for their themselves. Well, that's the beauty of a lot of technology yes. as well as a lot of tolerance that people have mm-hmm. nowadays. When I was in school, of course, I remember children that were in special ed classes, what we called special ed classes, to be honest. I don't know exactly what they're called now, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember many of them going on to college. Mm -hmm. But these days, whatever someone might think is a disability, it's just a different way of doing something. And it still works. I have a son that's with a spinal cord injury, Mm -hmm. but At first, he thought he couldn't do anything, and he ended up graduating from college. But it was a struggle. (laughs) It was a struggle. Yeah. I can attest to that. It was not easy. And he did kind of take advantage of that disabilities office. Oh, yeah? (gasps) I'm telling everybody. (laughs) But he has his degree, and we're happy. Everything's fine. But I'm glad it worked out for you, too. I'll tell you, the, the main thing I have learned over all of the different obstacles in life is that it really just takes one person to encourage you a teacher a parent a friend I have I have literally been at crossroads and one person turned me a different way and here I am and I really don't think I would have ever been here 
Well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I am. You. And you're writing articles and yes. you're sending out calls to men. Yes. That sounds funny. Yes. Calls to men. I'm calling and they're, them. They're yeah. writing letters and they're responding and they're making your daughter feel good. And it's just wonderful. So I'm glad you're here. Next question for you. What makes you feel old? I feel old when I don't exercise. And that is the truth. I have to stretch every morning to get out of bed, <laughs> to be honest. But when I don't exercise, I feel old. When I stay in motion, I feel energized and I feel like I can do anything. So, Well, what's your exercise of choice? Oh, goodness. So I participate in a self-defense class called Krav Maga, and it's Israeli hand-to-hand -hand combat. Okay. And so it does surprise people occasionally. By the way, I look. I don't look like a tactical, aggressive person. But in this class, you're so busy learning a skill and how to do it that you don't realize you're working out the whole time. So it's wonderful. And it reminds me of ballroom dancing. As soon as you get your upper body all set, then you forget your feet. But then you got to adjust your feet. You lose your posture. And so you get your posture back. And so it's really a dance. And it's science. And it's fascinating. I love it. That sounds like fun. <laughs> and I like dance. So the minute you said, it's sort of like ballroom dance. I was leaning into yeah. it because I like that. Good. Do you have many older women in the class? There are a few. And um, you spar with all men and women. doesn't matter. And uh, there are people in there in their 60s. Absolutely. Are you sure you're not a undercover operative <laughs> for the CIA or something? I am positive because I can't lie and everyone can tell when I do. So <laughs> <laughs> This is like the second thing you said to look at me. No one would ever think. And then there you are ready to defend the world. I'm going to walk behind you to protect <laughs> Yes, ma'am. I would protect you in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll just look like the tough one, and then you'll come out from behind and whip them. I love it. Oh, gosh. As you know, I am a self-proclaimed, happy, and proud, sassy 60s yes, milestone diva. Yes. No matter who we are or what we've endured, we each have our own birthday which is a milestone of celebration for each of us every year. On this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays. Tell us about your most fun or interesting birthday. Hmm. My most interesting or fun birthday. As an adult. As an, oh, as an adult. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would say traveling to Puerto Rico with my brother and sister. And we went to, we got lost. We learned a lot. <clears throat> it's not a place you want to be lost at. But it was absolutely beautiful. And I love traveling to places that change my mind, expand my horizon, change my mind about people. Um, and that article that we wrote together, my daughter and I, she summed it up perfectly. And she said, I love traveling because you learn that everybody is pretty much the same. Absolutely. And I thought, there it is. So I'm fueled by visiting new places and people, cultures. So what made you pick Puerto Rico? 
my brother was living there at the time, so we thought we'd visit and try something new. How nice. Yeah. He's no longer living there? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Hurricane Maria, one of those yeah, tropical came storms? after. Mm-hmm. And another one is on the way. Yes. Fun times, fun <laughs> time. Jenny, thank you so much Aww. for being with us. We really appreciated learning more about you. And you're a writer and learning how you encouraged others to write. Letter writing isn't something that happens that much anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're so glad that you were able to do that and share it with us. Thank you. Thank you for allowing women to share their stories. Because it really isn't about what happened to us. The story is what we make of it in the end. And you shine a light on that. And I just really appreciate it. Thanks. We might have to have you back. <laughs> I would be my pleasure. So you can divulge more secrets. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Cup of Glow podcast. We love what we do and sharing a few moments with you. Please remember to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. You may email your comments to us at Gloria at cupofglow.com Until next week, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, asking you to celebrate each day and spread happiness your way.